Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and you're listening to the Downtime Podcast, where we delve deep into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. This week's episode is supported by Cushcore and Nukeproof, and I'm going to tell you how you can get your hands on some awesome prizes from both these brands in just a second. Cushcore really do make a difference to how the bike rides and feels, and it's been great to hear all the positive feedback from people who've given them a try off the back of hearing about them on the podcast. If you've not listened to my episode with Cushcore founder Adam Crafting, then you really should. They aren't just about rim protection. The extra damping they provide genuinely makes things feel smoother and helps the bike carry more speed. They also give you more support in the turns and that added confidence to push on through the rocks. Cushcore really does help you go bigger, corner harder and ride faster with total confidence. They come in Pro, XC, Plus and Gravel size and you can get the Pro size as a 29275 mix if you've got a mullet. If the green valves aren't for you, then Cushcore now have a choice of different valve colours too. If you're based in the UK, you can purchase them directly from Silverfish over at silverfish-uk.com. And if you're elsewhere in the world, then you can check out cushcore.com. Nukeproof's clothing line has had a massive overhaul and they now have three main lines within the range. Outland, which is designed to work well on the bike, but not look out of place off it. I've got the Outland Tech T and it is the softest ride in top I own. It's super nice to wear. Then there's the Blackline range, which is designed to perform all day long in the saddle. I've been using the Blackline long sleeve jerseys and they're made from a really nice kind of super light Italian fabric with an even lighter back panel to help regulate body temperature by maximising airflow. The cut is great, it's not super tight, but there's no extra material flapping about in the wind. Finally, there's the Blackline race, which is designed to be the ultimate gear for athletes performing at the highest level and it's what Sam Hill and the rest of the crew are going to be racing in this season. As well as growing and improving the range, they've been really focused on the environmental side of things. So they're now using Blue Sign approved fabrics and Ecotech certification wherever possible. They're also committed to reduce wastage from previous season's fabrics with their dead stock line, which will use the offcuts and wastage to create limited runs of products in high-end premium fabrics, which is an awesome idea. If you want to check it out for yourself, then head over to nukeproof.com, click on apparel and have a look. Nukeproof and Kushcore have put together an awesome prize bundle and for your chance to win it, all you need to do is to help me out by filling in my 2021 listener survey. Help me find out a bit more about you and help me improve what I'm doing. It will take a couple of minutes to complete and you can find it by heading to downtimepodcast.com forward slash survey now. You've got until the end of May to get it done and I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who's already done it. All the links you need are in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. Please make sure you're following the podcast on whatever platform you listen. There's probably a button there that says follow or subscribe, so hit that now. It's free and it means you'll get every episode as soon as it's available. If you can't find the button, then you can head to downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe, where I've got links to all the major platforms there to help you. It'd also be great if you can give me a follow on Instagram and Facebook where I'm at Downtime Podcast. It's the best place to keep up to date on what's going on, and it's always great to hear from you in the comments and the messages there. I'm heading up to Scotland this week for a week-long road trip to record with a load of Scottish riders, so if you want to follow that, that's the place to do it. All right, with the first World Cup in Leergang rapidly approaching, I thought it would be a really good time to catch up with Elliot and Nico. We sat down to find out what they've been up to since we last spoke. We chat about Elliot's move to Santa Cruz and how he'll be joining Rob Warner in the commentary booth this season. Nico shares how his preparation for the season has been going, along with talking about the US-based racing so far this year. The guys also give their thoughts on the upcoming race season. We did unfortunately have a few issues with Nico's audio, which means it sounds a little bit like a Zoom call in a few spots, so apologies for that. I've bought him a new microphone and it's on its way to him right now, so our post-race shows are going to be all good. 
This chat got me really excited for the racing that we've got in store in 2021. So without further ado, here's Elliot Jackson and Nico Malali. Elliot Jackson and Nico Malali, welcome back to the Downtime Podcast. It feels like forever. Nico, how's things with you? Things are good. Finally getting close to the start of the race season. So yeah, I've just been riding a bunch, training, getting ready to race and uh, keep involved with all things mountain biking. So good to be back. Excellent. Good stuff. And Elliot, how are you doing? Yeah, good. I've been able to ride a little bit more. I feel like the last couple of times I've ridden, it's been like for a photo shoot. I would always like show up and be like, I'm rusty. I need a ride. (laughs) But uh, I've been doing so many of them. I'm starting to feel good. So Excellent. Yeah, I was going to kick off with uh, talking about what I think is probably the biggest off-season move of all of them. Elliot, you've gone to Santa Cruz. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, it feels like forever ago. Um, I think... um, I've known those dudes for so long and I was always like, Oh, like, I don't really know what I would do over there. Like I'm not really racing. So it'd be like, Oh, I'm changing bike sponsors, but I'm not going to do anything. Um, (laughs) and, and so this year I, we finally made it happen. It lined up and it's just been like the most amazing move ever because it really fits with all the stuff that I'm doing. Um, like all of these random gigs, um, they are like super creative in what they're doing and allowing me to just, I don't know, just be me. Um, so it's just been awesome. I, I really am enjoying it. Nice. Yeah. What sort of stuff are you going to be doing with those guys? Have you got certain things planned out? Like obviously you've got a lot of your own projects on the go as well, but. Totally. Yeah. I think one of the big things that's been cool is, is like, so I'm, I'm doing stuff with like Rafa and like more ambassador stuff. Like, hydro flask and backcountry and i can just like call them up and be like hey you want to shoot me a gravel bike because i think this is going to be really cool so like that sort of stuff has been great uh and then we have a couple of other projects planned uh i really want to do like this downhill kind of shred video to uh i think a lot of people forgot that i ride bikes so (laughs) i think it'll be kind of cool to 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 show that um and then what else? I feel like uh, I will be doing crank work still. Um, oh, so I'll nice. be like racing some downhill, participating in downhill and doing the whip off, stuff like that. So I think it's been kind of just a year for me to like do cool stuff with the bike. And they've been like super supportive of that. Excellent. What bikes have you got from them? What are your like, your main rides? Yeah, so I got uh, like the VTM MX, like the mullet. Um, I rode the first time I rode that was with Nico, or not Nico. I want to say Nico. It was with Luca, <laughs> um, yeah. and we rode out in Santa Barbara. <laughs> we rode out in Santa Barbara, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm feeling good." Like, and then like Luca kind of like turned it on. I was like, "Ah, oh, I'm glad I'm not racing. This is like super gnarly." But I got that. Got a Bronson Tall Boy. Um, and then definitely want to get like a bullet e-bike. That'll be sweet. Yeah. How are you getting on with mullet? Is that your first time? I rode it on giant. So we just like threw a okay. 29 front wheel on there and I just like love, it. I haven't ridden a full 29 downhill bike, but I thought the mullet was like perfect. I didn't even think about getting the, the 29. Um, just seems like 
the way to go. Yeah. Elliot, it seems like you have the dream program. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I've been saying it like, no, like it, it's, it's so funny because people like, especially all my friends at home were like, oh, you know, you're living the dream, like professional athlete. And I would be like, dude, it's hard. Like being a pro athlete is really hard. And now I'm just like, oh, I'm living the dream. Like this is the most <laughs> ideal thing. Like even when I go to the World Cups, I'm just like, you know, I get to like yell at you and be like, yeah, Nico, you know, if I was out there, like I would be like, you know, doing this big gap or whatever, and like, <laughs> whatever. But you know, yeah, I'm not. So yeah, what can you do? But, Aren't you yeah, an ambassador yeah. for a beer company as well this year? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to follow Nico. Like <laughs> he's blazing the trail. So it's like, <laughs> Elliot, are your bikes pretty much uh, syndicate? race bikes like you have all the same components and everything as those guys yeah like only thing that's different this year i think is um the i'm i9 hubs and they're chris king but i think everything else is like syndicate spec which is also insane that's cool and is that like all your own deals or did it just did it like just work out that way or um did you just get like sign up for santa cruz and get the whole package it was a bit of both like this is the first year that I've done my own deal. So like, I guess for everyone, typically if you're on like a race team, it's a package thing. So you like sign up your, um, depending on the team, but like, um, you're like, okay, you're in this gear, you're riding these parts. Like you don't really have a choice. Um, so this was one of the first years. Well, pr really since I was a privateer that I had everything like Santa Cruz is just frame and, um, wheels. So they have like the reserve wheels. And then it was like on me to go and get suspension and blah, 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 blah. But I was kind of like, let's make it to where it kind of matches up, uh, for one, because they had like all these extra parts that was easy. So like bird tech doing that for like cockpit stuff, um, Shimano Maxis and like a bunch of like Maxis, you know, like it's an individual deal, but I've been riding for them forever. Um, but it is like really nice because I also am terrible at like ordering my own parts. Like I used to complain every year that I was on a team, like, dude, like it's February, like where are my bikes and like, where's all the stuff. And now it's like on me. Cause I like haven't ordered anything and like, you know, I'm like super late on, on all this stuff. So that's been nice to be able to just be like, Hey, like Santa Cruz, can you just use some of your parts to fill me in until I like get my order out and stuff like that. Elliot, would you say that, uh, I guess in your position now this year, um, it's been harder or easier to, to get sponsors. And the reason I ask is sometimes as a racer, you, if you're not top winning podium guy, they, they kind of go back to you and say like, Hey, we've got the race thing covered with the guys we're sponsoring. Um, there may not be any, budget or whatever left for you but if you're doing something different i've found that sometimes they're like hey we don't have that covered um we can work something out so would you say you've kind of found that yeah for sure it's way easier um <laughs> because <laughs> i think that i can tailor the like the value proposition to each person um so like when you're trying to get a race sponsor like you were saying like the value proposition for you to be on the team is like, you have to go and win races. Um, and like I was saying, it's a, it's a package thing. So it's not like I can 
go to Santa Cruz, like if I was trying to get on syndicate or, or whatever, it's not like I can go to them or maybe like giant's a good example where it's like, Hey giant, like I'm going to go and race for you. You're going to send me around, like provide me a mechanic, but Corey, you know, for you, I'm going to do these, um, like video projects or whatever, because like Corey is giving money to giant based on what the results are going to be. And so like, if I'm in that package, then like, that is what my job is. Like my job is to go and win a race. Whereas right now I can go to Santa Cruz and say, Hey, Santa Cruz, I am going to do crank works and we're going to do like a bike launch video. And like, that's a value for you. And then on top of that, like I'm sponsored by Rafa. So like, we're going to do a, like a big launch video, which means like Santa Cruz, you're going to get some coverage from that. Um, so each sponsor, like, gets, uh, gets like extra value from all the other sponsors I have. And then for like, let's say Maxis, they're like, Hey, we really want you to wear a hat in some of these commentating gigs. Like that's really important for us. Um, you know, you can post on social media or whatever, which I kind of don't do, but let's just get that. Um, <laughs> so I think it's like really nice because you can really say to each company, like what is valuable to you. And then we can align on that. Um, and I can fill these little voids and, and niches for a company and provide a bunch more value than I would be able to if I was like just racing. So for sure, it's it's much easier um, this year to get a sponsor. Like I remember, man, like having to go through that, like even before I got on Giant, it was like crazy. Like it was almost impossible because you really only have like, what 15 spots 20 spots if that like of yeah of like things and teams that you want to go to whereas like now like you're broadening it out to be like oh like my only job is to kind of sell your product give you personality communicate some stuff um and that applies to like everyone who's buying a bike um so it's been so much easier. you say that you're in this sort of program that you're doing now um is as fulfilling as racing and do you ever like miss maybe like you want to be there racing when you see the guys competing or do you can you be proud of the other it's things that like, you're doing yeah i think now like i'm in a different spot right like the things that are fulfilling to me now are different whereas and i think that's one of the reasons why i'm able to do this because like if i was pitching like to all these companies, Hey, I'm going to go and race world cups. They would be like, well, and eh, like, we'll just hire Nico instead. Right. Like <laughs> he's probably going to do better at the races than you are. And like, there's no reason for us to have that. And so like, I think one of the reasons it works is because the thing that's fulfilling to me now is like to do all of this other stuff with the bike where I'm like traveling or like telling different stories or like trying to bring the bike to new people. Um, and then also like selfishly say like, Oh, I still want to go to the world cups to like commentate to like maybe Red Bull, we can figure something out there. Or I still want to go to Crankworks to like participate and see my friends. So like Santa Cruz or, you know, all these other sponsors, like, why don't you support me as I go there? Um, and like, I can still do the stuff that I love, but I think the racing thing, it's a totally different, it's totally different value proposition and it's a totally different mindset that I'm in now 
Whereas like when I was racing, that's what I wanted to do is just like improve, do the best I could, like go and train and all of that stuff. So I think it's hard to mix those two um, where I definitely had to mindset shift um, to like get into the place that I'm at now. Uh, and I don't think that would have been possible and I wouldn't have had time. Like you're, like you're saying, like you're training, like the whole time, you don't have time to like get on a bunch of zooms and do, you know, photo shoots and stuff like you're busy. How do you think about your fitness now then Elliot? Cause like staying, <laughs> staying fit as an athlete is a huge amount of work, but if you're going to go to crankworks and stuff, you kind of, you know, to ride at that level, you still got to be like have a level of fitness and strength and I'm sure you don't want to come last. Like, how are you thinking about that side of things? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's <laughs> nothing there right now. <laughs> like, and it's hard. Like, like I was training, like I've been, I have a trainer that I've used forever. We're like great friends and stuff. And I was like, okay, like I need to get some fitness going. And we had like started like on a program you know, in February or something. Cause I was like, even doing these photo shoots, I need to like push up the hill and whatever. And then I was like, dude, like I'm too busy. Like I'm on these zoom meetings, you know, eight hours a day sometimes like between all these projects I have going on and then it'll be a photo shoot. Like I had like a 10 day, um, thing with, uh, like outside TV and Anhill that I was doing. And so I was like, I have to take like a month off, which is like turned into like two months. Um, and now I have like whatever, four weeks before crank works. I'm like, okay, I need to, <laughs> I need to like get some fitness. I need to, uh, like ride my, my downhill bike. Um, and yeah, so it, it's hard. Like it's hard to like balance those two things. And I think that that's why, again, like making sure that I communicate to my sponsors, like what the expectations are. Like when you send me to crank works, like you're sending me there, like I'm in a race and whatever, but like, you're not sending me there to like win a race. Like you're sending me there so I can like get some photos, like do whip off, like hang out with the fans, like do some videos and stuff like that. Like that's the value that you're getting. And like I said, like selfishly, like I want to go and hang out with my friends. Um, <laughs> so like there is value for sponsors beyond just like winning a race. Um, but yeah, like don't expect me to light the world on fire. I think that you racing and, and being in the race kind of keeps you relevant too. Like there's, you, you can relate a lot more when you've done a couple of races. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. Like, I think that's so important. Like I need to be able to like with all of the other stuff that I'm doing, um, like if I'm commentating, I need to be able to relate. Like you were saying, I need to be able to communicate. I need to like, there's also like a respect aspect of it when I'm, doing um when i'm interviewing you after a race and like i'm like dude yeah the track looks like this or like what line are you taking here like if i haven't raced in 50 years or whatever you're like yeah like maybe back when you were racing or like whatever mm -hmm. um it was like that but now so i i think that there's like so many like positive things and like you're saying like just me being in the race i think gives fans because i think a lot of people like i've had that more now than ever where it's like oh, like, do you ride bikes anymore? Or like, is that a thing? Like, what do you do or whatever? Because there is it, the place that I came from, like, that's how people know me. 
So I think like just saying like, Hey everyone, like, yeah, like still ride bikes and, um, you know, all of that is, is important. Yeah. And keeping your friendships with the rest of the riders as well, I guess, cause you're going to get a better product out of them if you're, if you're good friends and you kind of stay in touch. Right. So as well as getting to see your mates, it's also keeping those relationships going, which helps your job. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think it's like, I don't know. I feel like this, this year has just been me. I hope the thing that people take from like what I'm doing now is that you can kind of like chart your own course if, if you kind of understand, I don't know, like what value you're, you're providing and that it doesn't just have to be racing or it doesn't just have to be video stuff. Like you can do like so much more or not so much more, but there are so many different avenues that you can take in like the biking world. Um, and it doesn't just have to be like super gnarly this or super gnarly that, like you can kind of just hopefully like do what you want. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nico, you've been pushing the kind of YouTube side of things quite a bit harder. I'd say this last year or so as well. Is that, is that a conscious decision to think about other ways that you can get yourself out there alongside the racing? Um, well, we started doing it. My brother and I when um, when the races were delayed last year and we just, I, I thought that I, I didn't want to be told to do lame stuff. So I was going to take the initiative to do what I thought was cool um, and put some stuff out there and try to do my job while we couldn't race. And then um, we, we kind of got the hang of it. And, and I, I like doing uh, some of the tech stuff, the bike setup stuff. Um, I thought that was pretty neat and I'm, I'm personally interested in it. So it was fun to put those videos out. And then I always like to do the kind of behind the scenes race ones too. Um, and my brother kind of got the hang of it and liked to do it. And we, um, we, we bought a new camera that made it a lot easier and, and we're able to do some cooler riding shots too. So, um, it's really more work for Logan than it is for me. Like I just show up and ride for the couple hours that we're filming and then take all the footage back and makes it into a video that's posted on YouTube. And Elliot knows I'm not any good at computers or technology. So <laughs> it's really a slogan video. I'm just in it. <laughs> Are you enjoying doing it though? Um, I do. It is, it, it's a, uh, it's a lot of work to like do well, I guess. Um, like just filming like, a crappy vlog on your phone is pretty easy, but there's a lot of stuff that I content that I watch that makes me cringe. And I definitely don't want to be putting out something that I'm not happy with. So to make it quality and, and then also like some of the tech stuff that I do, or I test different parts that I'm potentially going to race and kind of say what I'm ended up liking. I want to make sure that stuff's accurate and factual. So it takes some time and thought to make sure it's all lined up. Um, but when it's done and, and the video's out and it's one that I'm stoked about, I, I definitely do like it. Um, it's just, it takes a lot of effort to make one that's, that's good. And, um, it's tough, like Elliot said, to, to do that while training. Um, there was a couple of weeks where I felt like, it's like, man, we just need to go ride without bringing any cameras with us. Um, I was trying to train to race and like, oh, let's film this <laughs> while we're doing some downhill rounds. I just wanted to do downhill runs. So it's a balance, but um, I do enjoy it. It's just tough to do both, as Elliot kind of just described. Yeah. 
And you've been doing some interesting bits and pieces, like you said. I think you've been uh, doing back to back on kind of air versus coil. You did some, you strapped some additional weight onto your bike, which was uh, was pretty interesting. I've not seen much <laughs> work done around that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did a bunch of different. The one where I I kind of had the weight distribution. I, I I wanted to see because last year at the end of the year we we kind of sat down, Aaron and I, and and the intense guys and. We thought like our bike's pretty good. It's just a little bit on the heavy side. How can we make it lighter? So I, I put together this little spreadsheet of like all the stuff that we could do to make our bike lighter, taking inserts out, running smaller rotors because we were running 223 rotors, um, running an air shock, um, running a carbon bar, just, just different stuff that was all like not a stretch. Like we're not going to do stuff that's not going to work at a World Cup. Like this is all stuff that we could run. And let's see what the performance benefit is. Like, let's run the thing as light as we can, see how that works. Then let's run it as heavy as we would and see what the difference is. And, um, yeah, it was just interesting to see that, like, my conclusion, if you if you watch the video, wasn't the, it wasn't the weight that was the difference. It was, like, normally the heavier parts have a performance benefit, too. And a heavier bike has a more planted, more damp feeling. And um, I felt more comfortable and I did timed runs and was able to go faster with that um, as well. So it was, yeah, just cool to, to try stuff that like stuff that's not like out there, stuff that's definitely possible that you would actually choose to use and see the differences. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you came off the back of last year, you had a fairly rough injury that you sort of rode through, I guess, for the late season that we had. Is this off season giving you the chance to fully recover from all of that now? Um, I can't say I have a full recovery. I um, I broke my neck and had a pinched nerve that was kind of going to my left arm, and I still suffer a little bit of weakness in that left arm. Like I notice some stuff in the gym that I do if I'm doing a dumbbell bench press or something. Um, when I get up to a weight that's challenging for me, I, I struggle to push evenly with both sides. And it's gotten a whole lot better, especially even since the races that I did at the end of last year. But I'd say it's it's definitely not 100%. I don't know if it really ever will be. It was a pretty bad injury. Um, I tried to kind of play it down. I just hate to be like the, the victim or whatever. So I just tried to get on with it. But um, it, it definitely affected me a little bit more than I wanted to. And uh, However, I can say I made um, – a bunch of improvement this off season and I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with where I'm at with it now. Good stuff. And you spent a fair chunk of time down in Costa Rica again this off season. Yeah. Yeah. I went for the month of February, which was, which was absolutely awesome. It was um, pretty cold and, and rainy. That's kind of like the worst part of the winter where I live. So um, getting to go down there and I've got a bunch of good friends that take awesome care of me and uh, do pretty much just what I do for training here. Just, there and nicer warmer weather um that just really broke up the winter and kind of made it all that much more enjoyable to to do it where the weather was good yeah and you raced one of the national races yeah was that your first race of the year yeah actually i raced two races there when i was there for the month i did one of their national races and that was the first one i did and then I went back again in April. They had the Costa Rica Open, which is a UCI race. And I wasn't really planning to go back again, but um, Charlie decided he was going to go. Dakota wouldn't wanted to go. And there's not that many preseason races this year, obviously. So we've been trying to 
like us U.S. guys just keep in touch and and see if we can plan to go to the same place and race each other to get some good competition going. And they all wanted to go to that race. And at first I was like, man, I already went there and raced it at the national, but, um, it's, it's so easy to travel to. It's, it's only from where I live four hours. So it takes less time to go to Costa Rica than to go to California. So I figured, why not? Let's go. We went down there and unfortunately for the, the UCR race, it, um, it was the first day of the rainy season was right when practice started. And then it rained every day after that. So it's kind of like a jungle rainforest and we had some torrential rain during the race, which was gnarly, but, um, I guess good practice if we run into that sometime this year. It's super wet in Europe right now. So it should be <laughs> perfect. <laughs> good stuff. Elliot, you've been, um, you've been super busy this off season, like you alluded to. And one of the big projects that you've been working on that I wanted to catch up with is grow cycling. How's that been going? Cause it feels like it's really kind of got some serious traction going now. Yeah, it's been going like crazy good. Um, we, We've got like we've raised what almost or a little over four hundred thousand dollars since August. Nico's been a chunk of that, which is amazing. He uh, donated some jerseys and and did some giveaways for us, which is awesome. Um, I really thought that that was like special because a lot of people like think that the problem's like too big or like that any problem is like too big to to like chip away at individually. But um, you know that like raised a, a couple thousand dollars, which is like amazing. And like, um, we'll, we'll actually make a big impact. And, uh, so yeah, we've got like the location we, um, yeah, like the city has been amazing. I think that the couple big things that have come along, we're, we're trying to hopefully like break ground in August. I really want to do it like on the day that we started, um, so this is and, for a pump track in central LA, isn't it? Just for people that maybe don't realize. Totally. Yeah. So we're like putting in a Bella Solutions pump track. They actually gave us like 60,000 square feet for it. So we're going to have like a big one that hopefully you hold pump track worlds on. And then like another one for kids that goes through the trees and stuff like that. Um, so that's been a big thing. And then we have, um, there's 11 schools in the school district that we're going into. So we're going to put kindergarten and and first grade like PE programs, like All Kids Bike, which is Strider's nonprofit, um, put those in, and then Outride, which is specialized nonprofit, put those like sixth through eighth grade, um, and then so you have like this uh, school program, like introducing kids to like learn to ride the bike, and then you have like this safe place to ride because like downtown LA, it's like no bike lanes, hour drive to anywhere if you want to ride. So having that pump track there like create a sense of community. Um, and then like a bunch of ideas for like really cool programs. And then we also launched a, uh, jobs board has like almost 200 jobs, um, on it, which is amazing. Um, all cycling jobs, like all different kinds. So really just trying to, I always say like, we're talking about kind of, um, all the stuff that I'm doing and, you know, not once have I ever like applied for a job. It's always been, uh, just like, you know, Hey, what's up? Uh, you got anything here? Like, let me send you over some stuff. Um, so like, even if there was somebody who was more qualified than I was, like they would have never had a chance to do that. So I think just bringing the, all of these cycling jobs kind of like out into the open where people can go and apply and, um, have a chance to like, see what's available. Like you can be a software engineer or, you know, a mechanic or, you know, a 
hopefully we can get like some athlete jobs on there and stuff like that. Um, be, be awesome. So it's like kind of this like career community and then like the school, the school stuff, which has been great, but just like chugging along and, um, yeah, all the support has been amazing and, uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. The industry and the athletes seem to have really got behind it. There's been a lot of, a lot of support and a lot of different brands and different people putting prizes forward. I think you can even, I don't know if it's finished now, but you can win a chance to hang out with you and Geordie at Snowshoe World Cup, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we have that one. That one's going great. Um, I don't know who wants to hang out with Geordie, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, donate be, money, but great. hope you don't just, win like, that one. Yeah, right. You're right. It's like like all the comments will be like, "Hey, donate for the cause." Like you know, I'm also going to donate my prize because. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we did like a. A Santa Cruz like tall boy. What was it? I think it was a tall boy um, giveaway, and it raised like a hundred thousand dollars, which is like crazy. Whoa! Yeah, so that's just like a raffle thing. People buying a ticket with a chance to win. Totally. That's yeah. Insane. Yeah, it's so wild. I have like some other ideas. Like, want to start doing some, like I don't know, like more collaborations where we can do some cool products with people, and. uh have it where because i think you know i want this to be like sustainable like everyone it's not like just in this moment that or just when people are generous or have the extra cash that they that this should be an initiative um that gets traction um so i really want to like find ways to like make it sustainable for the long term and so it's like one of the things for the jobs board, like charging companies to put their jobs up there so we can continue to, you know, fund the foundation um, just when when the community like doesn't have enough money to do. And like we don't want to just like bleed people's wallets dry or anything like that. Um, so we want to like provide value and um, cool stuff, cool products, cool like things and, and like companies get involved in different ways so that we can like continue to get kids on bikes. Um, like forever you know nice one, man yeah it's awesome to see it really like getting ahead of steam up and uh and making some good waves it's good work i saw uh, a really cool interview uh on the santa cruz website with your mum who sounds like an absolutely incredible woman but she she told a little story there that i didn't didn't know about you relating to a, a microsoft competition yeah would you care to share that because i thought it was an awesome story you know it's funny like i i like barely remember it but i i was like 10 or 11 or something like that and i like i've always been like into computers even now like do a ton and there was like some something that microsoft had put up and i didn't even know but i like applied for it and uh like sent in my resume and sent in like some snippet of code that I had programmed or whatever. And my mom got a call and she was like, yeah. So, or the, the person was like, yeah, like, can you, uh, you know, is Elliot around? Like he applied, we wanted to like continue the interview process or whatever. And she's like, Elliot, like Elliot's like 10 years old or whatever. And they were like, Oh, okay. Well, can you guys move out to like wherever? And they, she was like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought that, that was, that was funny. And I, you know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned my mom. Like, I feel like they're like Nico, you have this like same experience where like 
both of our moms have been like really involved in like what we do. Like your mom has done like so much for the race series and like, you know, seeing her at the races and stuff like that. Like, uh, I was thinking about that. Um, when my mom did that interview. Yeah. You've both got badass mums. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of the most fortunate things that I have is, is having parents that are involved and willing to, to provide their time and experience to help out with the things I'm doing. So really can't ask for more than that. Nice. Before, yeah, before we get back to racing, Elliot, that sax photo shoot was, uh, pure gold. How did that end up happening? <laughs> I like, I don't remember. Like, I think it started on Instagram. We started talking and they like, um, wanted to like support me and like also grow cycling. And, um, and we ended up doing this shoot and it was like one of the bigger shoots I'd been on where there was like wardrobe, the, the makeup artist, Hizu was actually like Jason Statham's like makeup artist and she does like all these amazing people and it was like super funny to just like have that experience and uh yeah it was like hoping that it actually wouldn't come out and then like next thing you know like they were like yeah it's gonna launch like whatever and it was like a couple months later but it was it was a super cool experience like i just i just kind of like not as a joke but like i just had like fun with it um and I don't know. I, I thought it was cool like to just kind of show that you can make fun of yourself and not take yourself that seriously. And um, also like, again, like after you get done racing, like there's a ton of cool stuff that's available. I think that we as athletes have like so much access. Um, and so like using that in different ways um, to not just go into being a team manager or, a marketing person or whatever at a company it's like oh uh, there's like i don't know fun and interesting things that that you can do like after you get done racing yeah where was the creative direction coming from because there was some amazing ideas in there like you sprawled across the kitchen worktops and <laughs> i just i was literally very close to tears laughing just looking through the photos i could imagine your laugh while you were doing it yeah for sure like i that was like i yeah like there was they had like they had like a bunch of like they had built a whole like creative thing on it and um it was like yeah like you know you playing the guitar or whatever and you like you know in the kitchen or whatever and like there was one where i was like had some popcorn or something like that and i think that they had like come up with that and it was just like one of those things that could either be like so cringy which it probably still was but like um but i was just like all right let's go let's do it (laughs) (laughs) let's go for it It, yeah it definitely made me chuckle good effort (laughs) (laughs) let's let's get back to the racing and nico you've done um like you said i mean there's not much out there but you've you've managed to get a few races under your belt i think um i guess the first well maybe the biggest race of the year in uh, your neck of the woods was the pro grt at windrock which was a couple of months ago now i suppose but that was a fairly strong field, wasn't it? Quite a lot of the of the big U.S. names were there. Yeah, I think more than any other year, we had all the top U.S. riders. We um, we had a ton of competition, and it showed in the results sheet. All the times were super close. Um, 
And, and even some of the guys like the KHS team who doesn't race all the World Cups, like their guys were right there um, with, with all their, the top dudes. So um, it was a really competitive race. And, um, and then also, like I said, outside of that, I've been, we've been trying to communicate with each other. I'm good friends with all the other U S riders and try to, um, all go to the same races to do. So, um, yeah, we were able to go to that Costa Rica race together. We raced the first down Southeast last weekend and had a strong field there. And then, um, this coming weekend, I'm going to Port Angeles in Washington. And I know Charlie and Dakota are both going and, the whole KHS team as well. So those guys are all riding really quick and it's, it's really good for all of us to, to get together and push each other. And normally these preseason races are good to work out the kinks, but they're, they're harder to come by this year. So it's nice that we can, we can all make it happen. Um, Nico, what is this kind of off season been like compared to the others? Like last year there was, I mean, you had a season, like you went to the world cups and stuff like that. Uh, but you didn't have like as much interaction, like as many like races and stuff like that. Like, do you feel like the, it's been that typical improvement when you go to the races this year, like everyone is bumped up the level and, um, is going faster. Like, have you noticed anything that's different? Um, I would say that this year has been the first year going into it that we were not sure what the first race was going to be. At least last year, it was like we trained up until the week before the race and then they canceled it. So we had put in a full off season. Um, this one, it was like, well, we're shooting for this weekend in Maribor, which I guess passed like three weeks ago that it was originally supposed to be, but that's likely going to change. And it was kind of funny to start training without knowing when you were trying to peak. So everyone was in the same boat with that. And we all kind of thought that the first one and maybe the second one were had a chance of moving. Um, so I kind of planned for that when I, when I started training and planned my training. Going up to the races, yeah, everybody was had made the jump up like every other year where you're like, man, times are tight. The field is deep. Like it was just as much of a <laughs> incremental step as other years say the one tough thing now is like a lot of us are running low on our spare parts and even for race teams mm -hmm. like we keep everything from from the last year but we have to make it go a little further and then with um like developing new stuff as well with some of our sponsors it's just tough to like okay we've got a prototype of something that we tested and and it works awesome it's we don't know when we're gonna get it and when we're gonna be able to race it so it's tough to, to be able to develop new stuff at the moment. Is it, um, has it been hard to like, I guess, have you had to make like a mindset shift in terms of like how you cultivate like some motivation, like last year to this year, like you were, <clears throat> I know for me, like you were saying, like there was a set date, um, a set like schedule, you could really be precise and everything. And now that last year and this year has, has been a bit whatever all over the place has motivation been easy to come by or is it kind of been like a shift to have to like find new avenues to get that? I think in an individual sport, you always run into that a little bit. Like a lot of times we train by ourselves, so we have to be able to push ourselves. Um, but yeah, I try to just set smaller goals along the way. I think not much different than a normal year, but I try to see, 
um, if I'm testing uh, in, in a certain lift, try to hit my maximum weight or whatever it is, try to, you know, set a goal for yourself for a certain workout that's a little bit at the edge of what you can reach and try to do that. Um, if you're doing a bike workout, hit a certain power that you're um, may, maybe is a new max or something, stuff like that along the way. That's like, yeah, that's not going to directly correlate to you being a faster downhill racer, but little things to keep you motivated through the training to kind of dig deep and push as hard as you can. Yeah. And maybe for everyone, you were mentioning like the lack of spare parts, like how often are you changing parts and like breaking stuff? Um, I guess maybe to put it an easier way, like what's the wear and tear like? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we get spoiled as, as downhill riders because like I'll throw tires or brake pads away that you can't even tell are worn out and and I won't throw them away. I'll give them away, (laughs) but I I almost feel bad taking this stuff off at a normal time. Um, but this year I wouldn't say I'm running this stuff longer. I'm just maybe choosing the days where I'm going to go ride a little bit less frequently. Um, cause when you're racing, when you're trying to ride fast and, and ride committed, like, everything has to be working as it should and precise. And it's not like we can keep riding that speed with worn out tires or a bike that's a little bit collapsed. Um, so I, I guess I just like pick and choose my days riding downhill and um, make sure that, yeah, we've, this is what I've got. These are the resources I have and how am I going to use them? Do you see that improving as the season goes on? Like what's the view like from the teams and the, and the brands on availability of parts? Are you going to have to be steady all season to get through or do you think it'll get better? I think it'll get better. Like from everybody that we hear like, Oh, they're, they're on the way, but who knows what I mean on the way could be like on the boat right outside of the port in LA, but it's, uh, it's who knows when that's going to come in and get shipped to my house. But honestly, it's like out of everyone's control. I'm not trying to speak badly about any of my sponsors. And I know they're all doing their best. And, and honestly, we, we have pretty much everything we need. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and if any teams aren't super organized, there's a risk, I guess, that they haven't got everything they need. Yeah, it's just a new challenge this year, um, logistically. It's definitely like, can definitely speak from my side too, that like no one has anything. I feel like this is one of those those moments where we feel the same as everyone else that's listening to this, where it's like, Oh, we can't get a bike and we can't get this. It's like, man, I can't get a bike. I can't get tires or whatever it is. Yeah. My brake pads are running low. I'm starting to get worried. I have to learn to brake less. (laughs) So Nika, how, how, uh, how are the U S lot getting on? Charlie was, uh, was looking really strong at that, at that wind rock race. Yeah. Charlie was riding really quick. Um, I did some practice runs with him there and he's, he's riding as always. He's just super committed. And Charlie's a guy who I feel like has kind of built himself into a fast rider. Um, like I look at him compared to say Dakota, who they were like a tenth off of each other in the final at Windrock. It was super close between the two of them. And they're very opposite to me. Like Dakota is supernaturally skilled, really talented, and has a mindset when he gets in the race that he just wants it really bad. Charlie, I feel like has, you would call him 
Colonel Chuck because he's trained himself through intense discipline to be the fast rider that he is, and he's built that. So, um, yeah, that's it's just funny to see that contrast between the different guys. Every rider has their own character, but um, yeah, Charlie is one who's definitely on pace right now. We we also went to the Costa Rica race together. We um, stayed together and kind of planned our trip. And he was riding super committed there in in torrential conditions, stuff that he probably doesn't ride very much coming from California. Uh, but I was just really impressed. Uh, they had some coverage of that race, and watching the video back, seeing how he went through some of those sections was was pretty impressive in his race run. Nice and good to have uh, Aaron over for the Windrock Pro GRT as well. Is that the first time he's been to Windrock? Yeah, it was. I I kept joking like. I'll believe it when I see it, Aaron coming to Windrock, um, <laughs> just because I tried to get him to come so many times, and 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 he's a busy guy. I, I understand it's he's got a lot going on, but um, he loved it so much when he finally came out. He he loved the whole um, vibe in Tennessee. I think it's definitely a culture that Aaron likes. Just just knowing him, and he had a blast there doing the race and enjoyed getting to ride a proper track preseason. I think a lot of the preseason stuff that he gets to ride is um, maybe not as relatable to World Cup stuff. So coming over and, and riding a rough, rough gnarly track and, and with some good fast competition, like Charlie and Dakota, Dakota lives at Windrock and Charlie's been coming out every winter a couple times for the past few years. So they both are super fast on that mountain. I think you know, going there, those guys are on a good day podium riders anyway. And then being a place they're familiar with, it was a really good benchmark for, for all of us, but Aaron, especially to come and, and kind of see where he was preseason. So that worked really well. Yeah. And to, Dakota's definitely settled into the YT seems to be getting on, getting on well with the bike. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the bike, I mean, I can say I, I rode that. YT29 as a prototype by last year on the team, and it's a great bike. It's very predictable. It's easy to set up. Thing doesn't do anything weird. It just works good. So um, I think it's a great bike. And and for Dakota, he's got a good parts package and everything. He had the same suspension as he was used to using last year. And I think it'll be yeah a really good team for him. And maybe a little bit of extra structure from Martin's team will kick Dakota in the ass and give him the boost he needs this year. <laughs> and uh, and Luca took uh, took a fair knock at that race. He had a, a pretty nasty crash. Was it kind of coming through the like the whoop section? Yeah, so there's like a whoop section at the bottom, and this year they built it up bigger, so you, you kind of had to jump through it. It was more like a small rhythm section than a whoop section. You couldn't really skim them like in the years past. So everybody was jumping 3-3 three, three through this little section, and... Um, Lucas, I guess he said he his chain either came off or broke right as he was coming into there and just got tangled in his wheel. And when he landed in the middle of it, it locked up the back wheel. And the way he was weighted, it was like such a tight timing that he went to jump the second one and it kicked him over the bars. And, and it was one of the worst crashes that, that I've ever seen. It was, He said it was the worst crash that he ever had. And luckily, he, he got out of it pretty easy. He... Um, he, he walked, he rode to the finish afterwards, said he was banged up, 
Um, I talked to him a few days after that, and he said he was good. He just needed to chill. And then I think it's back. Still bothering him. So he got checked, and he had a um, fracture in one of his vertebrae in his, in his middle back, which um, it's not a really a big deal if you don't have any nerve issue. You can just let it heal, and and that's kind of what he did. And and now he's been back riding. He did the race last weekend, and he's been riding downhill with me past couple of weeks, and seems to be back to normal. So. He was flying that weekend though. He was, he won the qualifying and he was first at the split before that happened, which I think is, is really good for Luca because normally he's pretty chill at those races that don't have as much on the line. He kind of takes it easy and just goes out there to get some bike time and doesn't put much um, pressure on himself or put as much risk into the run. So to see him, I don't think he did anything differently, but his pace doing his normal thing was winning pace. So I think um, that was a good indication for him. And I think he could still take the confidence away, even though he crashed and didn't win the race. He was on pace to do that and probably would have done that. So he can say, hey, this is where I was and, and go back. And he was forced to take some time off the bike and, um, get some more training in and, and now he's back on it with plenty of time to get ready for the first world cup. So I think we will be on for a good season. Good stuff. Yeah. And with you, the first world cup in Leah gang in a few weeks time, do we, is that happening as far as we know? Um, seems like it for me, like from all of the talks I've had with Red Bull and, um, just, you know, the general outlook, it seems like Leo gang, they really, they really want it. Um, and they had it last year. So they kind of were able to, you know, see how things went, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it, yeah, it seems like it's, it's definitely a go from what I've heard for Fort William. They, I know for a second they were trying to like reschedule it somewhere. Um, and then I heard that they were like, maybe just trying to replace it with a new venue and slot it in somewhere, which could be kind of cool. Um, but yeah, it seems like for sure Leo Gang's going to be the first one from what I hear. Nice. What kind of hoops have you got to jump through with all the COVID stuff? Like, is it hard for you guys to get over into Europe? I, it seems for me, like I know that I needed like a, a work statement or something and then there's like a 48 hour window that i need to be there earlier definitely seems more mellow than last year um and i just got like my vaccination stuff done like second shot of i guess it was a little bit ago now and i know that they did like a uh they're gonna let tourists over with the vaccination card but even if you don't have that then you can still like cruise in um with some whatever it is yeah, last yeah. year when we went, I, I, we had we had a letter from the venue that was an invitation for all the riders to the race. And that was the biggest thing that they were looking for to say, like, you're coming for a reason. You're not just coming to Europe at a time when people shouldn't be traveling. Right. Nothing. So once we had that and then just like normal negative tests and stuff, um, it was honestly pretty easy, easy going once we got over there. I think a lot of it is they want to deter people from traveling and they're doing that 90% of the people. So it's working. And um, for us coming 
for a specific event. Um, as long as you know we're going there for a reason, it's been not too much issue to travel. Do you know if you'd be in like team bubbles and stuff again, Nico? Is, have you heard much on that side of things as to how it'll work once you're there? I've heard it's going to be very similar to what we had to do last year. So I would assume so. Um, so we had the cross country race this past weekend and it all looked like it went smoothly. They're the biggest fields I think they've had in a really long time or ever, maybe. So, um, obviously they've got a way to make it work. And I would, yeah, I would guess it'd just be the normal. It's funny that we say normal, but the things that we had to do last year. <laughs> yeah. And Elliot, you're going to be on the commentary team in the booth this time around is that what's happening it's hard to kind of work it all out from the press release but yeah totally i think they've like expanded the team so tracy is going to do all of the women's commentary and then tracy and i are going to like kind of split the highlights that i was doing last year so i don't know exactly how it's going to work or what the structure for the highlights is going to be i think we'll probably like walk the track together and then like split kind of some of those responsibilities which would be really cool, especially to have like a woman commentating the women. Um, I think that'll be really nice. And she has a great relationship with everyone. And then Claudio and I are going to split the men's commentary. So like he's going to do three and then I'm going to do three. Um, I think they were just like, yeah, I don't know how this guy's going to go. So, <laughs> but I know like, uh, I'll do snowshoe for sure. And, um, two of the others, I'm not sure. I kind of just like with, <laughs> I feel like with Red Bull, I kind of, um, I'm just like stoked to do that stuff. And I'm just kind of go with the flow. It's like, yeah, whatever you guys want to do, like I'm cool with, I'll be going to all of them anyway, even though I'm not commentating all of them. But it'll definitely be a good, uh, like, crazy experience, right? Like, you start racing these World Cups, and then um, it's pretty surreal to be, like, commentating them. Uh, and I'm looking forward to, like, <laughs> giving Rob a hard time. Uh, <laughs> and, and also just, like, being, like, a champion of the riders. I, um, I think there's my kind of style is really to just show off and explain like how hard it is to do what they do. Um, and like point out some of the, some of the interesting things that you wouldn't really know from the outside. Um, and hopefully that kind of along with Rob's energy, uh, will go well. Do you feel nervous about doing the live side? I mean, you've done crank works live obviously, but I'm guessing this is, a much bigger audience yeah oh god yeah yeah for sure um it, live is hard like i was actually thinking i would like to so red bull sent me to the bbc before i started doing the highlight stuff um and i got some presenter training i would love to do some more of that because there's like such a skill level to it um and yeah like live is so hard. I feel like the better I get at the presenting side of things, it was a big shift to do the Crankworks live because when I'm doing presenting, I kind of like build what I'm going to say just by doing takes. So I'll do a take and be like, okay, never mind. I don't like that. Do another take, do another take. And you just get to practice. And with live, the first time I did the Crankworks stuff, I would just like froze up, like cam through it to me. And I was like, uh, 
yep. Cool. Back to you, Cam. (laughs) It's just hard. Um, so yeah, I would like to, I definitely am going to like try to practice a bit. There's a, yeah, there's a big skill level to it and probably do some studying. I think with that stuff, I kind of want to approach it the same as I did from an athlete perspective where you, you have to practice, you have to study, um, you have to talk to people, you have to kind of learn, um, what is going on, like talking to Rob, understanding, you know, how he likes to do things like when you're going to throw to someone and then even like having producer in your ear, it's really different and difficult because, you know, it would be like if we were talking on this podcast and you had somebody in your ear being like, all right, all right, finish it up, finish it up. All right. Uh, actually we're going to throw it to a commercial. So get ready. No, no, no. Actually, uh, get some more stuff from Nico. Get some more stuff from Nico. See what he's doing. And it's like, oh my God, like it's <laughs> gnarly. So, um, there's definitely some stuff that I need to practice on and I'm looking forward to it, but yeah, definitely nervous. Yeah, man. I think it'd be great. Which, do you know what your first race is going to be for your commentary in the booth? You know, um, I'm not sure. I think maybe Leger. Okay. Round two. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, I know Claudio is doing, uh, what's the first race? Leo gang. Leo. And then, um, and he's definitely doing Linzerhide. So I think, um, I think my first one might be Leger, which, uh, nice. would be cool. And I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to do, hopefully I, I can do a lot of the same stuff I did for the YouTube highlights just because it was sweet to be able to walk the track and talk to the rider. So hopefully I can bring some of that into like the commentary side of things. Excellent. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. That'd be really cool, man. Let's talk a little bit about, I guess, some of the sort of preseason stuff that's been going on, I guess, other than the Elliot's move to Santa Cruz, the second biggest move was probably Loris onto Trek. Um, that's a huge move where he's basically changing everything bike components kit like i think he's got maybe one item that's the same as he had on syndicate do you think he's gonna be able to come out of the blocks fast like he's certainly going to want to show that that was the right move and uh, from what i hear he was flying at that um copa catalana dh race mm-hmm. uh, with a first in qualifying and then i think probably would have run won the race but snapped his bars at some point on the course and still was only like 13 seconds off which is quite wild in itself but um yeah any thoughts on how he'll get on there that's a i know it's a tricky call but it's got to be pretty hungry what do you think about this nico <laughs> i see how you've thrown that to nico there. <laughs> the producer in my ear told me to. <laughs> i think loris is is one of the most talented riders on the circuit so i think he's gonna do great um no matter which route he would have taken um, whether he stayed on syndicate or going to track. Um, but I think being on the new team, he'll have, um, a lot of resources and he'll, he'll be motivated to prove that it was the right move. So I think he'll make sure he takes every box and he'll have, a yeah, just a little bit of energy coming in to, to try to see what he can do. A little bit of, um, unknown sometimes is, is, motivation to to try to see hey where's this bike gonna put me um and i think it's a great team and a great bike and i think um for loris's style like the 
he's a pretty small light dude. I think the, the components package will work really well for him. And, um, he's sticking with his mechanic who, who knows what he's doing and knows Lars super well. So that'll be familiar. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, he won't, from what I can work out, he won't have had the opportunity to ride with the rest of the team at any point, certainly up to now. I don't know whether he will have done ahead of the race because of everything that's going on. That's got to be quite strange, I guess, because the rest of the guys know each other from a couple of seasons together. And Loris has got a kind of slot in there with that team. Who do, you know, they do seem to get on really well, the three of them with uh, Charlie, Cade and Reese, And it's a fast, competitive team. It's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic pans out, isn't it? I I think if it was any other person, maybe it would be more of a question. But Loris is such an easygoing, nice guy that I think there's, there's no problem with him getting along with the other riders. Yeah, and I think that it's it's interesting because um, I think he may have like initiated the move, and man, the like Syndicate and Trek are like so different. Like they're both like these super high end teams, but I think from a syndicate perspective, like they did a lot of stuff together and everyone was good friends. Um, and then from a Trek perspective, like everyone's good friends, but everyone's really different, right? Like Cade, Charlie and Reese are like very different people. So it, it almost feels like, a like they have this environment that's like, you know, we're each going to do our own thing. Um, and we all get along, we're all teammates, but there's like not as much emphasis on this like super, super team environment, if that makes sense. Um, and I think that, uh, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. It's an, it's so interesting for me to, especially in 2019, to see how big of a difference the team environments were. Um, where I was able to go into each one of these teams, like talk to the riders, talk to the mechanics, like hang out. And they're all doing, they're all like world-class teams, but they all have like slightly different approaches. And um, for a rider to choose, like you, by choosing a team, you're like choosing the equipment, but you're also choosing the environment that you want to perform in. Um, And I think Loris and PA have this really great relationship um, and like a really good thing going on. So, you know, I wonder, I wonder if they like felt like, okay, let's put ourselves in this place where we can kind of be our own person. Like where we can say like, oh, maybe we want to go and do some testing on our own. Um, and it doesn't have to be like a whole team thing. Um, cause I know like foxes as well as like, they have big team testing sessions, um, rather than, like so much individualized stuff. And I mean, I don't know, like Aaron kind of does his own thing and like, you know, you and uh, you do your own thing a little bit, Nico and at Winrock, but it is kind of just interesting to see the like different environments that riders want to put themselves in. Definitely. And, uh, and Valley's another rider going to be on the Trek bike, but on the SRAM RockShox team, there's a lot of expectation on that girl's shoulders. Hey, like, she had an incredible junior career. She showed what she was capable of last year, but she, I think she said herself that injury she picked up at, at world champs is uh, taking longer to recover from than, than she'd hoped, but it's going to be a, a tough one, but she seems pretty chipper. 
Yeah, I, I think Valley's like one of those people too. Like she had this like amazing relationship with like SRAM um, and they've been able to get to know each other so much, like just seeing the way that they kind of interacted um, even when she was doing her own thing. Um, so like now that she's like there, like kind of full time, it seems like a really great thing. And uh, I know she has a bunch of expectations on her, but I feel like that was maybe a little bit more last year. And like to get that out of the way to be like this superstar, like what is she going to do? Like whatever. And now that's kind of behind her and she can just do like put in the work, do her thing. Um, and there's not like so much, at least maybe from the outside, it seems like for me. Yeah. Interesting. And what about Danny Hart? That's another fair move. I mean, he's carrying over some of the components that he's familiar with, but whole new frame, very different team. Nico, what do you what do you think to to that one? Good a good pairing? I think so. I think the the bike that they have is is gonna work great for Danny. Um and I think the team as well, signing a rider of Danny Hart's caliber, they'll go out of their way to make sure he's comfortable. He's the really the biggest rider that they've ever had. So I think they'll put a lot of effort into it and Danny will be able to have exactly what he wants. And I think for him in particular, that's really important. And yeah, I think we'll, we'll see if Danny can be um, classic Danny again. If he's still got it in him. I, I think he does. And um, I'd love to see some of those rides. Yeah, he's changed up his training this off-season as well. He's been uh, in the gym with Adam Brayton on that program. So it's going to be interesting to see if that that makes any difference to his riding. <laughs> I can't wait to see. I hope he shows up to the first race and is just like, Jacked. Like, <laughs> imagine. <laughs> like it. I like it. What about Amory Piron? So last time and he was out, it didn't end that well. It was a pretty nasty injury for him. And uh in what I think it was a French Cup race before the season really got going last year. Do you think he's the sort of person that will be slowed down by something like that trying to come back? Or do we think we'll we'll see him straight back at the pointy end of the field? I think um this is an interesting one because before like Amari became Amari that most people know, like he had a ton of injuries. Like, and I think that's why a lot of people didn't know him. Um, or it took a long time for people to know him. Like he was getting like these great results. And then I think, I don't remember if it was 15 or 16, I think he broke both his wrists or both his arms or something like that. And then, um, I think before that he had a big injury as well. So, I mean, definitely it's always really difficult to come back from injury and he hasn't had like this is his first big injury after he's been this like superstar but you know he does have like that experience which i think is really important um because man injuries just do so much for your confidence or you know they knock you down like confidence wise speed wise like time wise like so many things can happen so if you have that experience i think it means means a lot but We'll have to see. Yeah. And it seems like I'm going to touch some wood here. I use my head. Um, most people from what I can work out seem to be f- relatively fit and healthy coming into the season, which that feels like it's fairly unusual by now as people are ramping up their speed and getting close to the season. You you often see the press releases you don't want to see of people getting injured, but 
sort of feels like most people are doing all right. Is that, are you guys aware of anyone that's not kind of able to go racing? feels like we've got a full field. Yeah, as of now, I think all the riders are, are, are all good. So that's going to be exciting for the first trip. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it'd be great. It feels like so long since racing and it's really exciting to have nearly a full season of uh, of events ahead of us with a, a refreshed commentary team and uh, a load of healthy racers ready to get stuck in. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait for it. It's going to be super exciting. Yeah. I, um, I, I definitely, the, the two riders that I've been like kind of thinking a lot about is, um, Veronica Woodman, like getting on that Saracen team. Like this will be her first time, like on a factory team, like her and Harry were kind of doing their own thing, uh, last couple of years. And now she's on this like factory team. Um, and then Remy Tiran, like going off of, um, uh, common saw like onto the giant team i think will be interesting like he's been this mainstay and like kind of the same thing i was talking about on syndicate like the common saw team is just this really close family um you know it's french team like being in that environment being able to speak like native language and communicate and just have a such a good idea of what the, what the bike's gonna do what the team's gonna do everything you have all this trust and then giant kind of like having you know, Marcelo was there and was like, you know, premier rider, but this will be like one of their first premier riders in a little bit. So I'm kind of interested to see how they handle that, handle themselves. Um, and, you know, there's, you know, I think interestingly enough, a lot of the times you think of the pressure being on the rider uh, in, in terms of results and stuff like that. But I think there's a lot of pressure on giant here to say, you know, we're taking someone who like can for sure win, can for sure get podiums. And if he doesn't like, I think a lot of that is on them. So, um, I think that, that they're going to be like working really hard to make sure that they, they don't mess it up <laughs> yeah I hope, I hope we get to see more of the wild man remy Tyrion this season because it's always exciting when he starts turning the wick up and uh and getting creative sure nico is there anyone that you're particularly interested to watch how they get on this year i was gonna say the same as elliot i was gonna ask him because he knows the giant team about remy um for all the reasons he said uh, remy was riding so good had a podium at Worlds, a few podiums through the World Cup season, and and then the team changed. So obviously he's on pace. So we'll see what what he can do with that team. Um, and then we already mentioned Amari. Um, yeah, he's he's somebody who was for the past few years riding such such a fast pace, and I'm definitely interested to see what the what his comeback from this injury looks like. Um, I think coming into it's going to slow him down a little but maybe he was so much faster already that he can handle to, to turn it down just a little bit of what he what he would have come on come in with um but also i noticed their team they changed they changed from sram package to fox which i think is going to suit amari well and that's not to take anything away from the sram package i just look at amari as like a strong guy who rides really committed and i think that the fox stuff kind of suits that style of rider. Um, and I know and from talking to them that that's 
something that they were excited about. So I think that may be a little boost for him. And um, yeah, he's a guy who we didn't get to watch race at the races last season. So it'll be new and exciting. And um, yeah, those are kind of the two. We already mentioned them, but those are the two that I was thinking of. What is it about the Fox stuff that you think suits the kind of stronger, more physical rider? I think that they take, they're a company that um, maybe to a fault takes what the racers want and puts that into the product. And all the valving is, is from stock to, to what we want to race at the World Cup. We're running most of us now that stock stuff and it works awesome to race at the top level. Um, the fork is, is pretty stiff fork, the chassis of it and everything. Um, and, and when you're pushing as hard as you can for a guy like me, I'm on the heavier side. I'm really glad to have that stuff. So I think that just their engineering team kind of looking at race as the top level and putting that into the stock stuff and then designing it as well to be stiff enough to take the forces that, that we're putting through the bike. Um, if you're a big, strong guy, this stuff works awesome and you're not going past its potential. Interesting. Cool, man. I, I cannot wait. It's going to be a very exciting season. Looking forward to it getting underway. So yeah, Nico, best of luck between the tape and Elliot, best of luck behind a microphone. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can catch up at some point soon once we got some racing underway. Yeah, I am super excited to get get uh, get back to the races. I didn't get to go at all last year, so um, looking forward to it. Looking forward to yelling for Nico behind the microphone. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys soon. Nice one. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to uh, maybe do the do the first race recap together from Crankworks Europe. I think we're both going to be racing there. So that's the weekend. Right yeah, after totally. Hey, exciting times. That's awesome. I'm going to be going wild. Crankworks Innsbruck is going to be like my world champs. It'd be like <laughs> <laughs> all, these, all the World Cup racers are going to be like taking it easy. I'm going to be like just going wild. <laughs> awesome love it nice one well i've uh i've had one vaccine i'm waiting for my next jab and then uh, if i'm lucky they might let me leave the country and i'll come and catch up with you somewhere at a race but we'll see how that goes but until then thanks for your time and uh yeah we'll speak again soon okay see you guys see ya thanks all right that's it for this episode with elliot and nico i really hope you've enjoyed listening a big thank you to Nukeproof for supporting this episode of the show. If you want to check out their awesome new and improved range of ribeware, then check out nukeproof.com. Also, a massive thanks to Kushcore. If you want to try tyre inserts, Kushcore are the ones, as they really will enable you to go bigger, corner harder and ride faster with total confidence. Head over to kushcore.com to check them out or silverfish-uk.com if you're based in the UK. If you want to be in with a chance of winning a mega prize bundle from Nukeproof and Kushcore, then all you need to do is spend a couple of minutes helping me out by filling in my 2021 listener survey before the end of May. You can do that by heading to downtimepodcast.com forward slash survey. All the links you need are in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. If you want to represent the show and help support what I'm doing, then you can get your hands on our brand new spring summer 2021 merch by heading over to downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. Also, please keep on spreading the word about the podcast. Tell your rider mates and share the episodes on your social media. It makes a huge difference and it all helps me to keep this thing going. 
All right, we've got another awesome episode coming up soon. But until then, get out and ride.